0: Let's get going. Today's daf is daf nun hey page 55 in the halige, the holy Meseches gitin. And we pick up from the fourth line, the Mishnah, another incredible daf uh, ahead of us. And I just want to mention that towards the end of today's daf, we're going to enter some really important and famous stories in Jewish history, specifically. Towards the end of of um, the daf, we're going to hit upon the story of Kamtza and Bar Kamtza, the unfortunate incident of um, the uh, uh, um, wrongly delivered invitation and uh, what ultimately led the lack of of uh, Avas that ultimately led to the destruction of the base Hamikdash. Very important story. Which uh, which is towards the end of today's daf and enters tomorrow's daf. So, I would like to, instead of breaking up the story, stop. I think today we'll stop right before the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. and tomorrow we will pick up from there. This way, it'll be towards the beginning of this year, and we'll have more time to uh, to dwell on it. Okay, let us get going. Four lines on top. Four lines on top of daf Nun Amur Aleph. Hey Rabbi Ben Good g'dah. Rabbi, Yech, uh, Rabbi Yechanan, the son of Gubgida, gave Idris, gave testimony. Allah he said, Allah he testified that there was a woman who was a deaf mute, Shehisiya avia. her father married her off. Now we know Midaraisa biblically, the Torah allows a father to marry off his daughter when she is a kitana. Okay. Now, um, What's unique about this, Rashi explains, is that in general, a hareshes, a woman who's a deaf mute, is not considered to have the total, and again, we're not just dealing with somebody who like nowadays is deaf, somebody who's not capable of understanding, in general, cannot fully accept marriage in her biblical way. But that is only when she's an adult, because we're relying on her own das, and we're assuming she doesn't have das. While she's still a katana, if the father marries her off, it would be considered a biblical marriage because the Torah gives the father a right to marry off a minor, so we don't need her das. Okay? So a haresha, in order for her to have a biblical marriage, would only be true while she's a katana and her father's marrying her off. If she's an adult, it would be a rabbinic marriage. Okay? So Rabbi Yechin testified about this haresha, who's a katana, and her father marries her off. So he a begat that the way to divorce her. Is with a get. Okay? Now, this doesn't seem to be a chiddush. Why? It doesn't seem to be a novel idea. Because really, you don't need das of a woman biblically to accept a get. A husband could give a get against the will of a wife biblically. And therefore, it doesn't seem to be a big chiddush. We'll get into this. Also about katana basisrol. Y'all said a katana who's a basisrol, a Jewish girl who's a katana, sheniseis, lekayin. That she was married to a kohen, she is permitted to eat truma. Now her father did not marry her off. And since the did not marry her off, she's only married rabbinically to the kohen. Still, she's allowed to eat biblical truma, the emesa. And if she dies, her husband is going to inherit her again. Even though inheritance is a biblical law, and really biblically, she's not married. So who should inherit her? Her family, but over here, her husband's going to inherit. Her. So these are some very interesting novel ideas, novel chidushim. We're having the the Rabbanon are establishing something, and it's having a biblical effect. Okay, second half of the mishnah. The al hamarish ha gazul and Rabbi Echanan ben gudguda also testified about the marish. A marish is an important beam. A building beam that was stolen And built into a large home Okay, an established home This is a very Very important And interesting halacha There's a fascinating halacha Which is Usually if I steal something I need to give back the actual item The Rabbanon however made a decree And they said if you steal something And you return it I'm sorry, if you steal something And you want to do teshuva there's times where you don't need to actually return the object. And that is, for example, when the thing that I used is an important beam of a home, important beam of a building. And by taking that down, I'm going to have to take apart the whole building. You don't need to return the actual beam. All you got to do is return the value. Now, the reason for this is because of Takana Sashov. Takana sashov means the Takham wanted to make it easier for people to do tshuva. They wanted to make it easier. If, if returning the beam is going to force me to tear down my house. I may not end up returning anything. So to make it easier on the tshuva process of one who steals, they said, if you steal a beam and now it's an important beam of a home, that if I take it out, the, it's going to cause a big financial loss. So Rabbanan said, you don't need to return. Even though you got to return the actual thing that you stole. Rabbanan said, no, you only you only have to return value. And he also gave Edus, Rabbi Yehuda Menegodga also testified. If let's say you have a carbon which is stolen, now you have a of a thief that steals an animal and makes it, establishes it as a carbon chattos, that it's going to actually bring a kapara because of tikkun hamizbeach. Okay? So. We'll see how this plays out. But just keep in mind. The Chiddush. The novel idea of this halacha. We'll see how this halacha plays out. The Chiddush of this halacha is. You can have a stolen animal. That ultimately. Will be considered a valid karma Okay. So again. First part of the Mishnah. Focused on. The laws of marriage. Rabbinic marriage. Can even have a. Biblical impact. And then we got on to the. The uh, gzera, The decreed That even though the Torah says. You got to return that which you stole. If you stole an important beam and you built a home Takanas and says we're going to make it easier on you to do tshuva and finally the halacha of the carbon Chatas alright let's go says the Gemara Amar Avarava says from his Edos Amar Le'edim if somebody says to Edim see this is the cat I'm giving to her he goes back and says take my document migu she is considered migu she's considered divorced Okay, so what happened is like this beautiful case. I walk over to two of you and I say, Guys, watch this. I'm handing my wife a get. And I walk over to her, and as I hand it to her, I say, Here's a, a loan document. Now, really, I just told you it's a get. And she's macabre. She accepts it, thinking it's a get. It's not, but she thinks it is. She's divorced because I don't need her deaths says the Gemara, but there's a problem. I'm sorry. I'm Not a problem. Because, how's this halach coming out? Because didn't Rabbi Eichel teach us? We don't need her knowledge. You don't need her knowledge. If, if the way to get her to pick up the document and put it into her hand is to make her think it's a long document, give out. Big deal. Says the Gemara. Okay, very nice. So you made that understanding. Yeah, you came out with that halacha. Beautiful. Pshita, but that's obvious. But, uh, Captain obvious. Yeah, big deal. What's... Or well, what are you teaching me over here? He says no, I would, uh, I would have thought to say otherwise. There actually is a chiddush, a novel idea. I would have thought to say, since he, when he handed her the document, he said, "Take this loan document." He's nullifying his original statement, and he no longer wants it to function as a get. He wants this document to function as something else. So you shouldn't be divorced. L- the mashallah, the chiddush is like this. Im Isa the if Taki is being le'idem he would have told them. So why did he say to the Edom it's a get? But he told her it's a loan document. Because he uh, he didn't want to cause embarrassment to her. That's an embarrassing setting. You know, I'm giving you a document and he's talking about he this is divorced. So he was being nice. He's trying at least to be nice. Nice, not necessarily being nice. Sometimes he's trying to you know give it over in a way that's going to be uh, a little softer. Okay, two dots. And the Mishnah said about Katana, Abbas Yisrael, that um, she's let eat Shuma, but if she's a chareshes, it seems, see the first she's Mishnah said if she's, a deaf, if she's a Katana who's a deaf mute, so then she goes out with a get. And then we said if she's a Katana who's married to a Kohen, she could eat chuma Says the Gemara, Well, a second, but, but what about a deaf mute girl? She can't eat chuma. Why didn't we say this halacha? It seems a hareshes can't. Okay. Because we're concerned that if we allow a regular kayan to give truma to his wife who's a hareshes so then even if you have a kohen who's a haresh he might give it to his wife. Says the So what? What's wrong with that? Katan Eichel Nevelasu. Yeah, she's a katan who's Eichel Nevelas. And even if she's not a either, so but she's a Katana. Someone says, no, Hashem Eichel That's the because maybe you might have a Kayan who's a deaf mute, so he can't re- biblically create a marriage, the husband, because you need his das, right? So he can't biblically create a marriage. Let's say he marries a, a woman who's not a deaf mute. So... Since he can't biblically create a marriage, it is a marriage miderabbanan. She is still not allowed to eat truma. So, in order to make it that people don't come to transgress and they may come to shulma, so we do Raham say even a, uh, a husband who's a pikeach and the wife's a chareshas also shouldn't. I've a says the Gemara, very nice. But there's two types of Chuma. There's some Chuma that's daraisa. some types of chumma that's Rabbonus. So any marriage that you have a, that, you, that is valid on a rabbinic level, we should at least allow the Chuma to be eaten, at least rabbinic Chuma. The Gemara says, No, we're not going to allow a, even a rabbinic Chuma to be eaten because once people start eating Chuma, it's like Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah? So if we allow the rabbinic Chuma, they may come to biblical Chuma. And if they come to biblical Chuma, That's a transgression that we cannot risk. Hence, let's just backtrack for a moment. Hence, since we want to make sure, since we want to make sure that when you have a husband who's a cherish, he doesn't come to feed his wife who's a pikeach. Therefore we make a gzera, even if the husband is a pikeach, he should not feed his wife who is a cherish. And this applies to any type of truma. Okay? Next two dots. Also, we had testimony that if somebody steals an important beam. Of a building that you just need to pay back the value. Rabbana, and the rabbis learned, and so should we. Somebody steals a marish and built it into a big home. Beishami says, and Beir is literally like a palace. Beishami says, Mikaka, Kola, you got to take apart the entire house, and give back the beam. The terrorist says, return the lost object. You got to give back the actual beam. That is Beishami no. You only give back the actual value Because of We want people who are interested in doing tshuva We want to make the process easier for them Which is a beautiful limon Beautiful limon Something that we've seen earlier Something worthwhile noting And that is In our own lives If A lot of muster to take from this But me personally What I take from this is Let's say somebody hurts me They said something they did something, something happened. Make it easy for people to move on. It's like people show remorse and you have to say, I'm sorry. You have to say this. You have to. You didn't do enough. The a Yeah. The Recham are teaching us. Somebody wants to do tshuva, don't make the process hard on them. Yeah. Somebody wants to apologize. Somebody, don't challenge them when they're coming to do something right. Let the process flow easy allow people to keep their dignity. Does, it's, it's not about the principle of the matter. What matters is, you have somebody who's coming to try to do the right thing, streamline the process for them, make it as comfortable and as easy for somebody to do a, uh, to do a proper tshuva. <speaking in Hebrew> uh, next, next two dots. The <speaking in Hebrew> And he also gave testimony about a stolen karban chatas. <speaking in Hebrew> as long as it's valid, as long as people didn't know about it. Okay, now, Omar says, Devar Torah, biblically, noida, bein noida. doesn't make a difference whether it was known that the animal was stolen or not. Ena really? A stolen chathas doesn't work. Stolen animal, you make a chathas, not valid. My time of why? Yushkadi, like Just because you stole an animal, again, you have a thief, Call the thief, Ruven. He stole from Shimon. Shimon abandons it. He's like, all right, it was stolen. I'm done. Like, I have no way I'm getting this back. Just because Shimon abandoned it doesn't give Ruven ownership to now go and bring a Karban Khatas. Hence, since he doesn't own it, guess what? By him making it a Khatas, it doesn't work. You can't make somebody else's property into a Karban Khatas. So Ruvay steals from Shimon. Shimon, just because he's like, oh, they, I'm not getting it back, is not enough to release, relinquish his ownership. Since he never released his ownership, Ruven in sanctifying it did nothing. So that's biblically. However, Why did we say that if people don't know that it's stolen, it could be a carbon khatas? Why is that? It's, it's not Ruvains. Who are you to sanctify it? The reason is, the reason is, we don't, another beautiful message. The Kahanam that are, they're doing in the Bayitim the the of English, we don't want them to be concerned, let down, saddened by the fact they brought an animal and it turns out after they did everything right and the whole process, that they were scammed and the whole thing was a mistake. It's going to be a whole downer on the whole process of Car- of carbonus. It could impact the morale of the Kahanim. Hence, we say, you know what, even if there is a situation like this, it's going to be a valid carbon. Kahanim, don't worry, you can eat the meat of the animal that you brought, that's a din the rabbanon. The rabbanon created that. Again, I'll notice this is going to be because of tikon Ha'ilam. Yeah, there's going to be for the so there's certain things that chum put in place for the benefit for the benefit of the world. The rabbanon said to ulam, We learned that it's not for the kahanim; it's for the benefit of the mizbeach. It's together, meaning if the kahanim's morale. Is down. They're otzov. They're sad and they're depressed. So it's coming out. or bottle. What do I mean bottle? Every time a kohen brings a carbon, he's going to be like, "How do I know it's actually yeah, it's a valid carbon? Maybe I'm doing something else And it's going to come out. There's going to be less people interested in the job bringing the carbonas on the mizrbech. The mizrbech is going to end up without any carbonas on. Possibilities. The The two of them combined. The So now the kahanim aren't risking anything. So it's not risking shmaka job. The mizrbech is not going to sit bottle. Okay. Really, the halacha should be it's a kosher carbon, whether or not it was known that it was stolen. Again, there's the opposite of what we said before. Before we said really biblically, it should not be a valid carbon. The Chum say let it be valid so that the khum aren't set, so that the qanam aren't set. Now we're gonna go take the opposite approach. Says review to no, Really biblically, it is mechaper, And I'll tell you why a stolen animal should be a kosher carbon chatas my time you should be gone because once Shimon the owner gave up hope of getting it back so now Ruven becomes the owner since he's the now he's got to pay back Shimon he owes him he owes him an animal he owes him value but Lemaisa it's still his so since it's his just he owes money to Shimon he's able to make it Kaddish top of Amar Beis now that it's Kaddish it's a kosher carbon so now we have a question if it's really going to be a kosher carbon chattas, why only, if it's not known, do we say it's valid? Either way. It looks bad for the mezbeach. It looks bad. If people know this is a stolen animal, and the mez- stolen animals, we're the we going to see like, yeah, mezbeach takes stolen animals, it just doesn't look good. Another lesson in life. Something can be totally fine, doesn't look good, take a step back and reckon whether it's a good move or not. Doesn't look good. So, what do we say? If people don't know what's stolen, doesn't look bad on the Mizveh. So, you could bring it. If people do know, you shouldn't. This all makes sense according to Ulam. That's what we're dealing with specifically. Again, because the Kahanim are going to be sad that they brought this carbon and they're not going to be able to eat the meat from the carbon. Now, by an Ayla, there's no concern because they're not going to be sad about it. They're not getting the meat anyway. Elder of Yehuda, according to Jehudah, Mayur Yechatas, why specifically Yechatas, Afilo Oila, Nami, you could even bring a carbon Oila. Yeah, anytime you steal an animal, you should not be allowed to bring a a carbon. Because it doesn't look good for them as back. Says the Gemara, you're right, let me buy a kamar. By Ayla, the I, don't even, I don't need to give you a case of Ayla, which is completely burnt on the Mizbayach. Avadah, certainly, you cannot bring a carbon Ayla that's stolen. El Aphiluchatastam, even a karmachatast, the Chelevedam, who the Salligam is The The Chelevedam, the forbidden fats in the blood are offered up on the Mizbayach, the rest of the meat the Ghanim are eating. Aphiluchi Gaz, are born and still make exera, you cannot bring it up on the Mizbayach. Now it doesn't look so bad on the Mizbayach, why? Because mizbeach not getting everything anyway, the, the kahana are eating some of the meat. <speaking in Hebrew> Still, you're not allowed to. but people shouldn't say the mizbeach is 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 uh, eating food from stolen animals. we to the mishnah. I'll. You're allowed to bring a stolen car. as long as people don't know. It's Machaper because if according to Ula, it makes sense. Because why it says clearly people shouldn't speak negatively about the Mizbeach. According to Rev. Yehuda, that really it should not work. It should have been said the opposite. Meaning we should have said. That Omar, that Yudah Ben Gulgada was made, that if we know about a carbon chattas that's stolen, then there's no kapara. He doesn't say if we know, he says if you don't know, then. But if the main idea is of what we do know, doesn't look good, so then we should have said that directly. We should say it's not valid because if you bring a carbon chattas that people know, then it's not mechapper. Speak out the direct message you're right, but our expression does include both, if we don't know what's stolen, it is mechaber, if you do know, okay, that's that's what the Tanah meant, Seder, challenging question. Kind has a challenging question, if somebody steals an item, an animal, and makes it hectic. The afterwords, he shechts it. machar, or he sells it. And now there's no way to give it back. Mishalim kefel. He's got to pay back double. And you don't need to pay back four or five times the amount. Allah is in general, if I steal an animal and I shecht it, if I steal an animal or I steal anything, I got to pay back kefel. I got to pay back double. Let's say I go and shecht it. Or sell it. So depending on whether it's an, a sheep or an ox, I'm going to have to pay back four or five times the amount. Now this Mishnah says that if you steal an animal and then make it hektish, and then machar, you, st- you still only pay double. You don't pay four or five times the amount. And we learned about this Mishnah. If the animal shechted bachutz outside the Besamikdash, then the Gavna, uh, um, yeah, it's then you be Mechoyev in Kharis because you have something that's hectish and you Shecht it outside of its proper place and there's a of Okay. The but here's the problem. Why would you be Chai of Kharis? Listen to this. If Yish itself does not give the guy ownerships, and then here's the question. The guy never sanctified. He had no right to sanctify in the first place. Never when I shechted outside the of Why am I of kares? I shechted a regular animal. Kares my avidite. There's no kares. You know why? Because it's not kosher. You just have an animal here that's not uh, that, that, that that's not fit to be uh, uh, shechted in the proper place. Amar Rav Shizbi. Kares It's kares Achichu alei. So they started smiling at this, laughing at this. They said, Kharish Midavremika. You ever hear of Kharis Midrabbana? The rabbis created a Kharis on a person. What does that mean? Ahmadhu Rabba Rabba says, Yes, be careful, don't laugh. Gavra Rabba Omar Milsa, we have a chosheva Tzadik Big Tamar Chacham, who says something like, don't laugh about this, don't smile. Karish Devreyam Ba What does it mean? What he means over here is there's gonna be a Kiyov Khuris because of something the, Chums, the Rabbanon said. Rabbanon, de ale. Rabbanon have a right over finances. Hefker Bez and, hefker, right? Rabban, and If the Rabbanon says something's Hefker. It becomes Hefker. They can move ownership. And therefore. The Chaman place. The ownership of the animal. From Shimon. The original owner. To Reuven. The Ganav. And now Reuven is considered a Ganav. De ale, in order to be Chayav in kares Outside, outside the Besamekdosh. Amar Ravav, Ravah says, Here I have, I have a certain question. Ki okmo when the Rabanan established this, Birsu say, in the uh, Rishus, in the property, in the domain of the of the uh, thief, Mishas Keneva, Did they do that again? Why are they doing this? So that he's going to be Chayav for So, at, at what point does it become Ruuvein the Ganves? At what point? Is it from the moment he he steals it? Who <inaudible> cares? <inaudible> about uh, how to deal with the wool that was sheared from it or any children that it has after it was stolen but before it was made hektish. My <inaudible> what's asked this question, and he answered. the <inaudible> make it his from the time that he made it hektish. So that a person should not gain by stealing. Okay. Um, and uh, and therefore, he's not going to gain from the shearings or the children they are going to belong to the base HaMikdash. Belong to Haktash. Beautiful. Alright. Next Mishnah. Here we go. There was no halacha of Sikrikun in Yehuda. Now, what is Sikrikun? Let's go look at the very first Rashi on the Mishnah. It's right smack dab in the middle of the Amud in Rashi. Okay? First Rashi on the Mishnah. Rashi says something that is a, was an unfortunate reality. right? And this basically has to do with the phrase, your money or your life. That's Sekarikon. Let's explain. Zot Rashi. Let's look at Rashi for a moment. Sekarikon. What is Sekarikon? We have a non-Jew, an idol worshiper, who's, a, who's coming to kill. That a Yid is willing to give over his land, his real estate, to save his life. So you have a guy coming to Yid and trying to kill him. The Yid says, listen, don't kill me. Instead of killing me, I'll give you valuable property. Take the land and please don't kill me. Okay? So, um, back to the Mishnah. Back to the Mishnah. There was a halacha in these situations called Sekrikan. We'll explain soon. In Yehuda. but It applied everywhere, but not to Yehuda. When people were uh, were killed in the battle Rashi says by the Horbambayas by the destruction of the second base amikdash. al But after that time, Yeshba Sekrikon the Halacha of Sekrikon started to apply. So towards the beginning it didn't apply. Afterwards it applied uh, it applied everywhere besides for Yehuda. Okay. Now We have to explain, now we know the circumstances surrounding this land called Sekrikon. And let's explain what this is. So what is Sekrikon? We know the circumstances, how do we define it? Here we go. Ketzad, what's the case? Lokach mi Sekrikon, v'chazar Lokach mi Balabayas, Mekhoi bato. If you have a, again, a Jew was forced to give his land over to an idol worshiper. Why? The idol worshiper said to him, your money, or your life. So the Yid gave it to the idol worshiper. Now the idol worshiper wants to turn that land that he now took into money. So a Jew buys it. Okay? And then he purchased it from the owner. What does that mean? Just because you bought it from the Ayve doesn't mean it's yours. Why? Because it was never really the guys. It was never the, the idol worshippers. It goes back to its original Jewish owners. Now, I acquired from the Jewish owner, Mekhoi Bato. Okay? Mekhai Bato. What this means is, that you have to assume, the original owner still wants it. And Shiloh, whether or not you paid for it, didn't pay for it, you obviously get your money back if you paid for it. But the question is, the circumstances surrounding this, like, can the original owner come back and be like, excuse me, like, you know, I always intended to hold on to this field. It just had to play around to save my life. Mi bala bayis. Let's say you bought it from the bala bayis. Original owner. And then you bought it from the, the idol worshiper. It's going to be valid. And the original owner can't say, you know, I, I, I want out of this. Because he sold it but prior. Okay. If somebody bought land from a man, and then he buys from, uh, from a woman. Now Rashi here explains that you bought land that had a lien on it for the woman's ksuba. So what you did was, you paid the husband for the land, but there's a, the woman has the lien. So then you went and bought it from her to remove the lien also not good however if first you remove the lien Minaisha and then theish and then you did the regular payment paymentm it's going to be a valid sale now we need to explain why it, the order makes makes a difference okay that's that's not explained yet wait for the gumar Zo Mishna Rina Be Amru but uh, this was how things were originally then a later Bezin came along and said like now you' saying bailum you give a quarter of the value of the um, yeah, you give, you give a quarter of the land to the uh, original owner, and then it's not it's not nullified.. That's when the owner doesn't have the money to buy it back for himself if the original owner could get it back for himself. then adam, you have an obligation to sell it to him before, uh, before anybody else. Okay? Words, he could redeem it. Before any other Yid has an, obli- has an ability to uh, to redeem it. So therefore like this. You have a Avai Kachavim that steals the land from the Yisrael. He's not going to sell it back to the Yisrael. So if another Yisrael comes and buys it. The original owner could come and buy it back. Because he had first dibs on removing it from Avai Daz Kachavim. Rabbi Heishev bezdin Rabbi put together a Bezdin Benimnu. Nimnu. And they voted <laughs> that if the um, if there was uh, 12 months where it was in the hands of the whoever buys it first, they have it. But at the same time, you're obligated to give 25 a quarter of it to the original owner when it comes to people who were killed during war there's no sakrikun in Sakrikun. why is it that after people were killed because of war there is sakrikun okay. now what the what the Gemara's question over here is allowing these avodas kachavim to have land for sure happened after they were killing out people so if you're going to make a gzera of sakrikun all these halakha surrounding it and giving first dips to the owner, giving him a quarter, certainly it should have happened when people are Mamish being killed. about Din Sukrikun Kamar. Yeah. What this means is that the Din Sukrikun didn't even it wasn't even affected in Yehuda during the war. The Yamaravasi, Rasi explains, okay, why not? Sholas Gzairais Gazru, There were three decrees. That um, the Romans made on Yehuda. Gazarta Kamais, the first decree. called Lai Kotel, Liktiluhu. You hit this? Any one of their officers, any one of the Roman officers that did not kill every Jew that comes their way, Liktiluhu, their of Misa, they should be killed. That was point number one. Mitsiyasa, the second Zero was, the second decree that they made, the That if you kill a Jew, yeah, if if you kill a Jew, um, the uh, you need to pay. You, you're obligated to pay for zuz. Okay, now what does it mean for zuz? So there's a big rate on this. Either this means that they actually would receive a payment of for zuz, or it means that. Um, they actually would receive money, or they would actually have to pay, which was a contradiction. And Basraisa, so the last decree was called the If you kill a Jew, you're going to be killed. So it started out like this: you're obligated to kill a Jew. If you kill a Jew, you get a fine. If you kill a Jew, you're of Misa. Hilchach, therefore, by the first two. on the since. Jews were being killed, so Yidden had to give up their land in order to save their lives. Okay, so the had have to give up your land, and they would give over the uh, you know the land to these avodas kechavim, and it was completely willingly and uh, complete transfer. Basraisa, but the last one which was afterwards, and now they're not allowed to kill Jews anymore, Amri, so during this era, during this period of time, they would say, lishko The Yid would give over the land, knowing that the Roman government is going to get the land back for him. So he'll say, I'll give it to this guy. This guy's threatening me, your, your land or your life. I'll say, you know what? Take my land. Because I know I could always go t- take this guy to court and say, you have no right to threaten me. I'll get the courts to, to protect me. So therefore, he never really gave over the land with a full heart in totality to the Sekrikun. And therefore, the halachas of Sekrikun are going to kick in. What do we Allah of is going to kick in? The obligation, if anybody comes and redeems it, you got to give it back to the original owner, or at least 25%, or give him first dibs. That's where this came into effect, period. Okay, so which means like this. We're going to hold it here for today because Omar Rabbi Yechidon is getting into the story like we said in the beginning of Shir. Kamtza bar kamtza, fascinating, uh, 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 very sad story, mamish, appropriate as always for during the three weeks leading up to the Khorban Bayis. But the Gemara over here is saying that th- this halacha of Sekrikon giving first dibs, applies when the yid never, the original owner never fully gave up his ownership. But the, during an era where Jews were being killed easily, and there was no protection at all. When people give over land, there was a complete handover and the laws of um, Sakrikun did not apply during the, uh, the original times. Okay, we're up to Amr Abyechenon. We will hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. B'ez Hashem. Tomorrow evening, same time, 7.20 p.m. Central, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful night.